Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. I'll tell you what else, modern lovers, makes you healthy, and that is a great relationship. And what makes a great relationship healthy? Well, let me tell you my story. One day my then-husband called me into the bedroom, and he said, look at my closet. And I said, yeah. He said, every single thing in this closet you purchased for me. And I thought, well, yeah, that's great. He said, no. I feel like I don't have a voice. And I went, oh, my God. I don't have any boundaries. He was very unhappy about the lack of boundaries when I thought I was just being helpful. I thought I had great taste because I had worked in the world of fashion and I should be able to buy the things that were right for him that I thought looked right on him, etc., etc., etc. So I am thrilled that today we're going to talk about boundaries. I spent five and a half years going to Al-Anon which is a program for people with poor boundaries and people who've got codependence, which I had, and people who are married to people with problems with addiction. And it's very important that each one of us take a look now. Are our boundaries healthy? And today's show is dedicated to creating healthy boundaries in your relationships. And we have one of my favorite speakers as our guest, Brian Reeves, because healthy boundaries are vital for good communication. They create safety when you don't feel safe, not just physically, but emotionally, psychologically safe. Then you're going to either withdraw or, which is what my husband did, or lash out, attacking the other person. Healthy boundaries are the key to healthy Love And today we're going to discover with Brian Reeves the importance of creating those boundaries and how to do it effectively in relationship. But first, if you live in the San Francisco Bay Area, you'll want to join me at our Modern Love Training Center for a full day of deep personal exploration, discovery, and skill building on Saturday. Write it down, Saturday, October 12th. From 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., our topic is Heart of Gold, Igniting the 12 Secret Powers of Your Heart Now. Now, what are those 12 secret powers? Well, I'm going to give you just three of them. Love, of course, wisdom, and truth. And many people are committed to telling the truth, but if you tell the truth without love, that's called brutality. It's wisdom we're looking for because wisdom is the gold. 
and the other powers of the heart make it possible for us to hold love, wisdom, and truth in balance so that we're at our best. So do right this minute, run to Eventbrite, grab your seat, bring friends and family members with you, and we will be talking about healthy boundaries as part of that class. And we might just have a special guest that you'll recognize, hint, hint. So here's our Ask Dr. Brenda question. Keep the questions coming. I'm going to kick this one to Brian Reeves, our guest, also. It says, Dear Dr. Brenda, I've been dating a Hispanic woman for the last year and have decided to ask her to marry me. I told my family and friends, and everyone was happy and congratulated me except my mother. She says I should just date and that I need to find a nice, quote, white girl to marry. Friends have told me that she'll eventually come around, but this has left me feeling concerned for the future. Not sure what to do. We have some noise on the line here. We'll have to close the microphone. This has left me concerned for the future, not sure what to do. Okay, listen, not sure? Here's what you do. This is perfect for today's discussion. You set your boundaries. You have the right to choose who to love. You have the right to choose who you're going to marry. That is not up to your mother or anyone else. And it's important for you to tell your mom, I love you, I respect you, and I am going to choose the person and the life I want. And I would appreciate you having a deep conversation with me about your views with someone to facilitate it, as in take your mother to therapy with you and work it out. Because maybe she needs to learn how to respect your boundaries. Maybe she needs to learn how to open her heart. And maybe you need to do a better job talking with her. Therapy is a great place to do all of the above. Now let's get to our special guest, Brian Reeves. He's a former United States Air Force officer, now an internationally renowned blogger and coach. You may even have read his article, Choose Her Every Day or Leave Her. It's been read by over 30 million people worldwide, and he's joining us right now to explore the common challenges around creating healthy boundaries and the experience of connection in intimate relationships. Welcome to the show, Brian. Hey, Dr. Brenda. Nice to be here. Oh, it's Boy, a pleasure. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. Those two stories, the, the two stories you shared, yours with your husband and, uh, and, the, and the question from, the, from, your fo- from your follower, your listener. Boy, um, got me, already got me off and running, but good. let me put a, let me take a deep breath and a pause. Just good, good to be take here. that deep breath and I'm going to come back to you <laughs> for your yeah. view on that question. But first, yeah. tell us how you got interested in boundaries and relationships. Well, <clears throat> you know, I think there's something in both of those stories that, that really, that, that I'm so present to, um, that I relate to was that I always had the best of intentions. I always had great intentions. And I know that at least on the, on a, the deepest level that my partners always had the best of intentions. And yet I constantly violated boundaries and I, and my partners constantly violated my boundaries. And I think that's, you know, I think, you know, for, for after doing relationship for 20 years where I always meant well, I mean, always, and 
seen. Yeah, that's the, the thing. We always mean well, don't we? Always mean well. I mean, you with your you with your your your, your husband at the time, meaning well. Uh, even the, the the listener, his mother. I'm sure she means well, and yet the the commotion, the chaos, the disconnect that results anyway. You know, working with couples all these years, and just examining my own life experiences really is really unlocked. You know that thing that said uh, the road to hell is paved with good with intentions? With good intentions, right. Exactly. So, Brian, in your Even, own yeah. life, for those in our audience who don't know much about you and your story, back up for a minute and bring people up to speed on what it was about your journey that has led you to become a relationship coach and to now bring us this program, Unhealthy Boundaries. Yeah. Well, uh, the 45-second the version uh, is that you know, I grew up really raised by women, um, strong mother, three sisters, even strong stepmother eventually, and, and that really held my world together. So I grew up with a healthy respect for women, but I had no idea what, what an intimate partner, what a woman wanted from me in intimacy. And so despite my best intentions, and then, of course, I went through the military. I mean, I went through a, a military training school. Uh, I was in the, the, the Air Force for 10 years. And again, best of intentions, horrible execution. Um, and boundaries violated all over the place. And so that's really what launched me into this exploration. of. So you're meaning that just, you were violating boundaries in relationships that you were in? Oh, I was... Absolutely. I was violating boundaries and I was being violated. And I don't even mean big boundaries like, you know, cheating or abusing, but, but, <clears throat> but I mean even more subtle boundaries like dismissing feelings, um, you know, discounting opinions and perspectives, you know, um, uh, you know, I didn't really name call. I would never call my partner a name, but I would sort of with a flick of, you know, a roll of my eyes and say, oh, my God, Jesus, you're making that up. What are you, crazy? What are you yeah, talking well, about? Yeah, well, I would call that a big you know, boundary violation. I really would because you're invalidating the other person. And I know today you would probably say it was yeah. a big boundary violation also. Well, I make that distinction because people generally associate boundary violations with the, big, the, the, the biggies. You know, right. cheating on somebody, physically abusing, like especially, especially men, not right. not exclusively, but especially men, but even many women, and and I think that it's the but it's the subtler boundaries that where I think the vast majority of of people struggle to understand why they're building resentments, why they're feeling disconnected from themselves and their, the partners, the one person in the world they want to be, to love and to be loved by most, why, why are we grinding? And, mm. <laughs> and it's because of these, 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 oh, you know, less obvious, let's say, boundary violations that are happening daily for most couples. Well, give us an example of a, a boundary yeah. violation that most people could relate to? Well, the one that I pointed at um, happens in most relationships pretty consistently. The, the, the violation, the, the essential boundary violation that essentially says, you know what, your experience doesn't matter. Mine is the one that matters. 
my experience, whether that's my feelings or my thoughts, uh, that's what matters more than yours. And we don't make space for our partner to have their own experience, their own opinion, their own perspectives, their own. And in fact, you know, I, I experienced something. I didn't even know that this, I was being violated for 30 years probably. And it was the boundary that my partners would often tell me what I was thinking or feeling. Mm. Right. They would assume they knew what my agenda was, what my inner world was. And it could be, you know, this is the one that really, and this happens a lot. It was hearing from my partner. You don't care about me. You don't really care because if you cared, then that I didn't even know that that was a vi- that I didn't even categorize that, let's say, as a boundary violation until just a few years back when I realized it is so violating to be, to, to be standing in front of my partner who is assuming and making conclusions about an experience. They have no idea what's actually happening. Right. Now, exactly. Dr. And Brenda, people I, do tend I, to I do, do that because most of us, most of us are projecting our own feelings, our own needs, or I've yeah. found, you know, having, you know, worked with thousands of couples over the years, that most of us come into our relationships with a pattern. We learned it by the time we were nine years old, and we keep repeating the pattern until we do the work, you know, work similar to yeah. the work that you have done and the work you now offer yeah. people, the kinds of yeah. trainings that I offer where people like you get to be my wonderful guest. So this, what you're describing, I just want to back you up. I think it's probably the most common violation is the assumption that whatever is going on here, number one, I know it's the other person's fault, and I know exactly what that person is thinking, feeling, and intending. So thank you for bringing that one into the conversation. Now, do both men and women have issues around Boundaries, would you say equal amount, men and women? Absolutely, I would, yes. I would. I, it's, even, it's even, and I fell victim to this. It, again, it's the best, in, best of intentions, the, the, the sort, of, um, sort of personal, um, one of my big wounds is you don't see me. You don't see me. You know, I grew up with great parents, but also very neglected. Nobody really ever checked in with me to see how I was really feeling and doing and what I, how I was <laughs> coping with childhood and divorce and all these things. And so I have this big wound that's you don't see me. And so what often happens for me is, again, I have the best of intentions. I, for years, for decades, I thought I was a good listener. I thought I was a good, good at being loving and accepting and kind and generous. And I had all of this sort of, you know, because of, again, I had adapted myself so much throughout childhood to, to be with these, to sort of, you know, be cared for by these adults who weren't really paying a lot of attention to me that in my, uh, and I think women often do this a lot. Women in their kind of caretaking, the, the nurturing caretaking role that I believe is both, they, they've been, it comes naturally, but also it's, it's impinged it's upon you. You will take yes. care of, absolutely. absolutely. You will for, forget yourself and take care of everyone else. The first thing a girl and, is ever given, the first toy, is a baby doll. Take care of it. Mm, you know, the right. conditioning starts very, very sure. early. If you sure. come from a family like mine, where I'm the second of seven, trust me. 
I was caretaking my younger sibs from the age of probably three. So I resonate really deeply with what you're saying. So what does it mean? You use this word in your work, and I love this word. You talk about honoring yourself, Mm -hmm. honoring the other person. Mm -hmm. What does it mean, this word honor? Well, that's a great question. No one's ever asked me that before. Uh, What immediately comes to my mind, it's really, it's make space for. Make space for. Honoring self means make space for your own experience. Honor other means make space for them to have their own experience, for them, for their experience to be valid, which it doesn't mean I have to agree with it. It doesn't mean I have to buy into the story they're telling but I do have to make, if I'm going to honor my partner, I must, that means just sim- very simply means make space for her experience to be in the room, to be present, to be a part of what we're exploring rather yeah, than exactly. Just, and it doesn't matter it. what kind of relationship you're in. It doesn't matter yeah. what ethnic or racial background, what age, whether you're from the LGBTQ community, <laughs> wherever you are on the journey of love, making space for yourself and making space for the yeah. other has to be part of the experience. Now, what came to my mind immediately when you said that, Brian, is mm. what you said earlier about feelings. I mm. really believe, and you know, I've written six books about this, I really believe that we live in an anti-feeling culture, that we do mm. everything we can to not feel, to be distracted, to be entertained, to be numbed out, whether you do it with food, whether you do it with work, whether you do it with being so busy you can't be present. I think that comes into relationships, and I really believe it does great harm to a relationship. So how do you approach those issues Mm. around boundaries with a loved one when we actually have a culture that works against us. The culture doesn't say, hey, have you made time to be with your beloved today? Hey, have you nurtured your relationship today? The culture says, how much money do you have in the bank? The culture says, you know, are you moving up the ladder? Or some other external measure? Well, that's a really, really great and large question. And it's it's one that my and my partner... um, navigate almost daily because she tends to feel a lot more than I do. And what the way that we navigate that is number one, I have to believe her that what she's telling me is the truth for her. The now, feelings may I that just she's having for 10 seconds. Let me have this every yeah. moment. Um, every show we have a moment that I call the geek out moment. So here comes the geek out moment. The science of neuroscience, neuropsychology, endocrinology, all of that points to the fact that women's brains are different than men's. We've got the big verbal center. We have a more active emotional center. We have a shorter brain stem so we can access multiple sensory inputs at the same time. All of that is designed by nature so that mothers will be able to keep their children alive. And so she has to have all those feelings. Or, you know, should you ever have children, they're going to come up short. (laughs) So there's a reason that what you're saying 
is often, not always, often true for women. Yes, and it certainly is in in my case. Um, And actually, you know, there are couples, and I've even heterosexual couples, where the male partner is the more feeling-oriented partner. Exactly. That's why I said often, but not always. Yeah, often, often, not always. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So back to, now from your perspective, what would you say to a couple that is struggling with boundaries? Well, the first thing that I do is I actually lay out a map for this couple. And the map, it's the three stages map of relationship, moving from codependency, which is stage one, to stage two, um, which is independence. So break down codependence, would you, for those who are going, what the heck is that? Break that down, would you? Very, very, very simple. I'll put it in extremely simple terms. Codependence is essentially the belief that and the practice that my well-being entirely hinges on the outside world my well-being entirely is the responsibility of my partner of my bank account of my mom's approval or dad's or my well-being i place my well-being um dependent on how the outside world responds or is that's codependency mm-hmm. in other words and if my especially partner my partner yes especially my partner, but it could be anything. It could be, you know, just not getting enough likes on a photo on Facebook and you feel like a mess. You feel like, (laughs) and we all have that. We all have, I mean, it's a natural part of just being human. Of course, we're going to respond. We're going to feel impacted by how the world shows up. So it's, it's a codependency is not a bad word. It's, we all have it. It's a matter of, have we, um, done the work in, in, in of, of stage two differentiation so that we start to, this is what I said earlier, make space for another person to have their experience or and for me to have my experience. Like there's a separation between the two. So my partner's upset. In, in stage one codependency, when my partner is, up, is upset, I'm a mess. I must have done something wrong or this is too difficult. Why is she, you know, why is she feeling that way? It doesn't make any sense. I hate this. It's so uncomfortable. I hate conflict. Why is she doing this? It's like, why are you doing this to me? Mm-hmm. That's, that's codependency. Everything's, everything's happening to me in codependency. Right, right. And we don't see ourselves in any way having a responsibility from that position of codependent. Speaking as a recovered codependent, I can remember projecting that any upset had to be coming from the other, and I had to train myself to ask, what's my part? So, Brian, I know that you've designed a program, and I want to tell people right now, you go to Brian's website, and the website is, hang on, I am going to read it to you, everybody, write this down, please. And make a note, it's Brian, and that's B-R-Y-A-N Reeves, that's R-E-E-V-E-S dot com, BrianReeves.com. I want you to go there and register for his new course. This is an online course called Boundaries. Relationships suck without them. And they do suck without them. I can tell you from my personal experience. So do yourself a favor. 
take that online course and learn about boundaries. I know this is something, Brian, that isn't taught in school. It's not no. taught in mosques, temples, churches, or synagogues. It's not taught or families. people, especially not in families, because we do yeah. tend to, as parents, tend to see our children as some sort of extension of ourselves, and that follows us into adult relationships. So you get the last word here. What do you want to leave us with about boundaries for practice that you can share with yeah. us that people can run with? Well, I, the, the, I guess the, the, the final thought that I want to leave, I know this, this is a short program, is that you cannot have a healthy, thriving relationship without boundaries. It seems counterintuitive to a lot of people because of all the ideas we have about love and selfishness and boundaries and all of that. Um, and, and, but stage two is the work of boundaries. And everybody wants to have a stage three relationship. That's interdependence. Everyone wants to do that juicy dance of intimacy, but you cannot do it if you don't have healthy boundaries. Healthy boundaries make a thriving relationship possible. Without them, it's not possible. You can have a stagnant relationship. You can have one where you tolerate each other. You can have one where you fight a lot and maybe you have great makeup sex, but you kind of hate each other at the same time. Those are all that's that's codependency. But if you want a thriving, satisfying, deeply fulfilling relationship, you must learn to do boundaries better. Yay! Thank you, Brian Reeves, everyone. And again, go to his website in order to access boundaries. Relationships suck without them. Register <laughs> yourself and all of your friends. And it's Brian B R Y A N R E V E S dot com. And Brian, we have to have you back as our special guest in our community for our Saturday training very, very soon. Thank you for being our guest today, and a huge thank you to Cliff Dunning, our executive producer, to all of you modern lovers. Thank you for being on the journey of evolution, because you know our motto here at Modern Love is learn better, love better. There's no other game in town. Just keep learning, and your love life is going to get better. All right, we'll be with you next week for another edition of Modern Love Radio Podcast. Blessings. 